When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We told you we were going to be back, uh, not not even 24 hours later, after Ohio State Pro Day. Yesterday, about a million scouts, personnel from the NFL, uh, they all hopped on jets and went to Tuscaloosa to watch Bryce Young. I'm surprised Tim didn't join him, the 40-year vet. Uh, he, he'd probably love to be there watching another Pro Day. Andy hey, Baxter, maybe not as much. Uh, but instead, we got treated to Ohio State offensive linemen and defensive linemen today uh, with the current Buckeyes and Larry Johnson and Justin Fry. Maybe a couple interviews on the side with whoever you could grab after practice. I don't know, you yeah. know how you guys handled your business, but it was a nice conversation with a lot of these guys, and uh, let's break it down, Tim. Uh, big takeaway as the offensive line, the defensive line, the hogs, the trenches, whatever you want to call it, uh, took center stage here at, at, for spring practice. Well, he didn't come right out and say it. Matter of fact, he kind of <clears> avoided <throat> saying it, but like Jack Sawyer definitely, I think, feels more comfortable now that he is cemented as a defensive end exclusively. Yes. I think my man Andy Baxter would agree with that just from the conversations uh, we had with him, and uh, and I think uh, the guy I'm intrigued by, though, coming out of this, I'm gonna write a story about it as soon as we get done uh, videoing this hit show, uh, is Carson Hensman, who, as I was talking to him about, you know, he grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin, and he's used to getting up early and working hard, just as a matter of fact, like breathing, uh, and I think that's paying off for him this spring because there's an opening there with Luke Whippler leaving. There's an opportunity with Jacob James not being available for the spring. And I understand that Carson Hensman is making the most of this opportunity. So we'll see where it carries him in the fall. Heck, we'll see where it carries him through Saturday scrimmage, which we're going to get to watch. But just kind of a little bit of a, a peek, man. Whenever you have, op whenever you have o open opportunities which are available on the offensive line, this, this uh, spring with the center, Luke Whippler, Paris Johnson Jr., and Dewan Jones, the two tackles all leaving for the NFL. Boy, activity bubbles up a little bit, little bit more intensely for the guys who've been waiting for their shot, either for a couple of years or one year. And Carson Hensman is one of those guys I'm keeping my eye on. So there's two takeaways from Tim, Andy? Yeah, the offensive line, I mean, Justin Fry mentioned they're gonna be rotating really a lot throughout this entire spring and I'm interested in the scrimmage how much rotation we do see and what five kind of starts out because it gets we kind of get the sense that Carson Hinsman will be starting within that group per se yeah. at that scrimmage and then Ted Richabola maybe on the right side and then Josh Fryer on the left side and then the two guards who are coming back but there's going to be a lot of rotation that's not set in stone and Justin Fry was very adamant about that even for Josh Fryer like he's not committing to anyone right now right. at starting positions and the other thing too is that you know a lot of these guys stress that they play offensive line not i play right tackle or left tackle donovan jackson said that you know i'm an offensive lineman yeah i play left guard right now but i could play tackle he said the same thing about tegra you know they're asked what makes him a good right tackle he said well this is what makes tegra a good offensive lineman and that's the way they're kind of describing themselves right now and you get the sense that's the culture right now within that group is that it's kind of this positionless football obviously they have positions during practice but the mindset is that they could play anywhere you notice it's like rugby it could be getting that scrum man and push 
I know there's a lot to talk about the defensive line, but we obviously all three are kind of locked in here on the offensive line to start this uh, rapid reaction presented by Byers Auto. Uh, it's just it's crazy to me how the narrative is kind of turning in real time, where you're very uncertain about this offensive line. Today, just in the last hour, I think I've gained a little more confidence that this unit's going to be okay. I, I don't expect it to be bad. It's Ohio State. They recruited a really high level. Justin Fry has done a tremendous job developing even the lower guys in the totem pole to get them to the point that they're at now. I give him a lot of credit. Uh, but Carson Hensman, I, I feel very confident that, that he's going to be able to, to make a push and, and maybe become that starter. I'm not ready to put that into to stone just because Justin Fry said he's not ready to. Either he's being truthful or he's lying. You know, either way, I'd have to take him for his word at this point. Uh, Tegra Shibola, the man passes the eye test. And I wasn't sure if he was going to pass the eye test as far as, like, is he truly, like, the right tackle at Ohio State? Like, you look at Paris Johnson, you look at Dewan Jones. Tegra wants to be like them. He looks like them now. I wasn't sure at the end of last year even how much he looked like the, the prototype for what Ohio State looks for in those tackles. But, like, Josh Fryer is a massive human being. And, you know, that if you have that anchor at left tackle, and then you have either Josh Fryer, I mean, or if you have either Tegra Tashbola or Zen Mahalski playing that right tackle, I think you're in pretty good hands here. And I'm not ready to say, like, Joe Moore Award, this team is going to win that, this team is going to win the national championship on the back of its offensive line. But I am more confident right now, standing here in the Woody, that this unit will be okay, especially by the end of spring and then into September. I'm more confident now than I was an hour and a half, an hour ago that that's the case. Just from talking to people? I just think that, that this no, is a group that's really you. confident that they're yeah. going to be able to get it done. And I know they have to be, but also, like, you can kind of get a feel for what's going on here. And I think they, they do feel like they've got, they're on to something. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I was just giving you a hard time there. Number one, number two, reminds me of the guys that come down my driveway all the time want to seal my driveway. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's one thing about wanting to seal my driveway, but show me where you've uh, done the work, you know, so I can yeah. uh, get the, get a feel for it. I'll tell you what, but Tigger Shavola, I mean, just – when we were sitting there talking to him, uh, at least a brief time I talked to him, he reminded me kind of of a judge uh, sitting in, you know, he's kind of a quiet guy, mm -hmm. at least talking to us. He always had his hands sort of like this. He was very calm. Give him a gavel. Yeah. And I'm just going, you know, but like he talked about how when he got here, he was playing with his hair on fire. You know, in high school, you're used to dominating uh, where he came from. And, uh, and, you know, we were talking to Paris Johnson Jr. Well, I was talking to Paris Johnson Jr. about this yesterday about the ability to turn the fire on and off when you have to. And uh, Tegra, is, is, that's one of the things he's learned to do is be calm, and then when you need explosion, have explosion. You know? yeah. Especially the farther you get from the ball, the explosion comes later uh, in a play. Whereas garden, garden center, you're almost hitting somebody immediately as the ball is snapped. Uh, and so, like you're talking about, he has learned to be, for one of another term, a little more patient and a little more methodical to his approach. And I, I think that right tackle job is is going to be interesting to watch that battle. you got to figure Josh Fryer. He started a game here. He's played, like, up and down the line or whatever. you got to figure they're going to utilize him at that left tackle spot. That's just my feel for it. But right tackle and uh, center, I think, are, are up for grabs, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Once upon a time, Tim, Leonard Monroe, uh, a large swath of Letterman Row called Josh Fryer the, the underrated lineman in that 2020, or I mean in that recruiting class that he was brought in with, I think it was the 2019 class. 
He's the underrated guy in that class. Well, look at him now. He's going to be the starting left tackle at Ohio State. Some guys and, have to wait their turn, man. And that's a four-year developmental plan. Yeah. You know, under two different offensive line coaches, he's learned a lot. He's played a lot of football. You don't have to start to play a lot of football, and I think that's the misconception. It's like, well, right. this is a very inexperienced offensive line. Well, when you really look at it, like, yeah, Carson Hinsman, if he's the starter, is going to be inexperienced. If Victor Cutler's the starter, he's the opposite of that. He started, like, 20-some games, uh, uh, now, albeit at, at Louisiana Monroe. And, and not in center. Playing against you know South yeah. Alabama and Troy, but but Alabama played, and Texas he's too. He's played a lot of football. Yeah. And then you look at at Josh Fryer, and he's played a lot of football for Ohio State. Zen Mahalski played a good chunk of football. Um, by the time Taker Shabola, you know that ball snapped September second at Indiana. If he's the starter, he's played quite a bit of football against JT Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer. Not going to find a better tandem to go against every day. So like, is it inexperienced? Yeah, it's going to be regardless. But it's not. It's not like there's a bunch of true freshmen going to be playing there, you know. So I just, I, I'm, I'm starting to gain a little bit of confidence that this offensive line is going to be all right, Andy. Yeah, I want to shift to the defensive side of the ball a little bit because we got to talk to those guys as well. And, you know, Mike Hall was just really trying to turn the page from last year. And he had such a good start to the last season, almost looking like an All-American at times, but then had that injury. Wait, with remember shoulder. when we were calling him the alpha dog? You weren't here. Maybe you were. When we were not yet. They, they kept looking for that alpha dog for the defense, and he had that great game. Where was that? Uh, Michigan, State. Michigan State. And you're going, and then, you know. Four sacks and seven snaps. And then after that, what happened? Go ahead. Right. He was great in those rushman packages, but then the injury seemed to catch up with him. Yeah. He seemed to be fine towards the end of the season uh, for that final game against Georgia, but it seems like he's now fully healthy. That's behind him. Um, but, you know, talking to Larry Johnson about him, he said that really he's underrated in the run defense category. And I think a lot of people talk about his pass rush ability. So I'm going to be looking at that this season to see if he can keep that up. Really the thing with this defensive interior is consistency. That's something that Tyleek Williams was asked about today. Can you be consistent in that role? He sees himself as a disruptor, but obviously you want to do that for every snapper on the field. Yeah. Who's going to be those two guys? Is it going to be Tyleek and Mike? Is it going to be Ty and Mike? Ty and Tyleek, you know, what, what is that combination going to be? I think that's something they're still trying to figure out. And more importantly, what is the depth beyond that three? Well, yeah, and here's the thing. Like Jalen Carter, like I, we, I brought this up the other day. The thing about Jalen Carter was he doesn't play. He didn't play every play at Georgia. He would kind of like walk into the game, almost almost walk into a game, not run into a game. But when the ball was snapped, if you watch the video, even against Ohio State, uh, I thought C.J. Stroud did a good job of dodging him a few times. But he was he was almost always a factor of what went on in the play. The way he disrupted, as you're talking about Tyleek Williams, he was able to get upfield. Uh, he was able, and he was so quick. You know, with his first two steps, it was crazy how quick he was with the first two steps. And boy, if you can get a guy to really come on like Mike Hall, I think has that capability. I'm not putting him in Jalen Carter's class. Yeah, I would against Notre Dame and Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, but you understand what I'm saying. When the Boy, man was I mean, healthy. If you have a guy that, man, the, the offensive line has to go, holy smokes. But then when you got him on the field at the same time with Jack Sawyer, who I brought up earlier, who seems, in my opinion, from, from the takes I'm getting from other people, seems so much more comfortable just having his, as he said, his hand in the dirt. And I said, well, are these rubber granules just like dirt? And he said, he finally understood what I said, and he goes, yeah. But the bottom line is, playing with his hand in the dirt and just getting after you, like JT Tuimoloau also, you got something going on. And that's what they, they really need those guys to step up in that middle. And I think Tyleek Williams has that capability. So does Mike Hall. So does Ty Hamilton. But it's a consistency standpoint that they're looking for. And because, you know, like you know, I mean, Larry Johnson doesn't play these guys every play. So yeah. when you get in there. Oh, I know. You know it, was a, it, was a fire. it was a rotation last year. 
probably too big of one. Yeah, probably too big of one. Yeah, so. And Caden Curry, we haven't even talked about him, but I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's just interesting to me because, hey, Tim, hey, you want your driveway paved? Exactly. Because this defensive line, <laughs> the last two years, 2020, not paved. 2021 and 2022, every spring, I've, sat, I've, I've heard, I've heard yes. this. Exactly. We're, we're going to be really good. We're going we're gonna to be consistent. We're going to work to get more consistent. I haven't seen it. Yeah. You haven't, it we, they, I, I'm not saying that it's been bad by any means. I think this defensive line has been good. But at Ohio State, your defensive line needs to be great. A, and, play, a play here or there, an extra play here or there against Michigan or Georgia yep. would have turned the tide. Yeah, the flashes. Pardon the, pardon the expression. The flashes have always been there from this defensive line, from Tyleek Williams the last two years. You look at that play against Michigan State, or against Penn State, running down the line on fourth and one, stuffing a, a run play in the red zone. Yes. When Penn State desperately needed to put the Ohio State away there. That Tyleek was huge. That's the flash, but then you also get the points where, you know, somebody's gashing you for a 75-yard run, and who's the defensive tackle? It's Tyler Williams. You look at Mike Hall, who couldn't stay on the field last year because he was hurt. Ty, Ty Hamilton, toward the end of the year, I'll give him a lot of credit for the way he rose up to the occasion and became a starter alongside Teron Vincent. Um, you know, JT Twimolo has the game against Penn State, almost has a, an interception against, I think, Georgia, almost has one the very next week, um, you know, coming back home. But you just, you never saw the 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 consistency from right. the unit as a whole. And and you can tell a lot of people that you want to be consistent, and you, you obviously do, but but I think that it starts September 2nd with being consistent, and that starts on this field in March. I think that you have to be able to, to show that you can be more consistent. Yeah, you need more disruption and game-changing plays. It can't be just getting close. We've talked about it a lot, even just this offseason. Like, they've gotten close a lot of times. You look at the pressure stats, they're there, but the sacks aren't, the turnovers aren't, and you look at the great defensive lines in this building, you see actually those game-changing plays, like we saw against Penn State with JT. He doesn't need four cost turnovers in a game, but you need a couple maybe from that unit right. almost every game, and it starts up front. Yeah, and then you look at, you know, you've got young guys. Hero Canoe was out here hanging out with the interviews. Was, didn't talk to us, but, but was willing to listen oh, what to name. what everybody wanted to. He could be the hero of this defensive line. I stole it from he, you, Tim. He could be uh, the canoe. They rode, they uh, paddled down. Oh, the no. We need to end it. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, you know, we talked to Caden Curry a little bit about his rise and, and wanting to play more yeah, and cutting his teeth on special teams. Like he said, he's put on weight. He's up to like 260 now. He feels, as he put on weight last year, he felt like, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's probably like him feeling like he's putting on a backpack with weights in it, yeah. as he said, because he, he, the speed didn't feel, you know, he's the kind of guy that you want, that you can tell he he plays best when he's just playing free, you yep. know what I mean, and just getting after it. Uh, same with Jack Sawyer, but uh, but Caden Curry now, like he said, he's uh, he's adjusted to his extra weight, and he's got his speed back, and, you know, we all know what he looked like in high school. We all know what he looked like right out of the gate here. They were already talking about him here a in year August. ago. In yeah. August, yeah. Well, in and spring, he got his black stripe off last spring. That's what I just said, a year ago. Yeah. Uh, they were already talking about what he could bring, but then he kind of plateaued. And uh, one of the reasons was, uh, you know, uh, is he put on more weight. And so now he's carrying that weight extremely well. And, uh, you know, there, there are some guys that could really come on as this spring goes on and preseason camp happens that could take, like you said, this defensive front to an elite status. But it's you don't want to ordain them now because you want to see it on a consistent basis. You want to see a disruptor. You know, as much as Georgia gave up 41 points to Ohio State in that in that uh, uh, playoff game, they made plays when they had to. You know what I mean? When it was you know, back against the wall, they made some plays. Yep. And that's what you want to see from your group, whether it's 41 to nothing or 42 to 41. You want to see them 
this this group making plays, disrupting, taking pressure off the defensive secondary. And, and hey, and they they they, they understand that uh, some of the problems in that defensive secondary, they brought some of those on themselves well, by not getting there. Tim, right. I look at the last two times we've seen this team play Michigan. Michigan in 2021 disrupted yeah. C.J. Stroud a lot from the defensive line. Yeah. This year, or in 2022, right in the building across the road, Michigan disrupted C.J. Stroud in critical moments, made him backpedal, made him you know uncomfortable. Yeah. Defensive lines can change games without having sacks, and I think that's what this Ohio State defensive line is, is gunning toward. You don't have to have a Chase Young. You just need to have some disruption. A couple of other notes I just wanted to, to get out of the way before we, we get out of here. You know, it seems like the light is coming on for Amari Abor, starting to, to take that jump and understand the assignment with playing Ohio State football and, and being here in that Rushman room. Uh, yep. You're getting some positive reports about him and Kenyatta Jackson. He looks like a, a speed rush type of guy that could really help this team have a different little gear, almost like a, a Javante Jean-Baptiste was last year where he would come in, you'd see him in the backfield. He, wouldn't, he wasn't getting those sacks, but he was quick enough to get to the backfield. Maybe a little flash of that, shades of that from Kenyatta Jackson, but Amari Abor looks bulked up. So. As much attention as we pay to Hero Canoe and the guys who, who you all know the names by now, uh, you know those two young guys are working in the shadows, and I think they're starting to to catch on to what it needs to be. Uh, a lot of coverage coming from this day, um, a lot about the offensive line, the defensive line, the Buckeyes in general. A lot of notes from Pro Day still to come at LettermanRoad.com. Come get all that coverage, $30 until August. That's a heck of a deal, fellas. You can get all the 40-year vet Tim Mays content. You can get all Andy Backstrom content. You can get all of my content, Spencer Holbrook. You can also get Matt Parker's recruiting content. He is really, really killing it right now on the recruiting trail. Uh, come check that out at LettermanRoad.com, where we cover the Buckeyes all year long. Thanks to Buyers Auto for supporting this video, sponsoring it, and we will see you guys back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Saturday for full coverage of the Ohio State scrimmage.